Welcome to the podcast New Work and Sustainability. My name is Nicole Helmrich. I accompany leaders and teams to connect and co-create meaningfully and to grow bringing themselves and their business forward. I help organizations to transform in a sustainable and people-centered way. Let us think organization as a living system. In this podcast, we'll explore cutting-edge new work practices and sustainability practices for your organization, for your team, and for you as a leader. In this episode today, we talk about sustainable and regenerative leadership with Jean-Philippe Steger. Jean-Philippe has been on a mission to pioneer sustainable leadership and regenerative communication in Europe. With a purposeful and playful approach, he has played an active role in UAE sustainable affairs, leadership development and communications. Besides working for CEC European managers and sustainable leaders, he also accompanies organizations in making their communications a thriving force for success, communities and for nature. Welcome to the show, Jean-Philippe. Yes, hello, Nicole. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm very uh, excited to be on your podcast, um, your inspiring new podcast today. Um, thank you very much. It's wonderful to have you here today. And how about a check-in first before we get started on the topic? So check-in is here so that we get present, that we get focused. And I suggest you test it out also with your team when you have a meeting. It's a wonderful way to get started. So here's my check-in question for you. What's your favorite place in nature? Yeah, it's actually a difficult question, but I would say um, today I would answer um, in a forest, uh, in the forest um, not so far from my home. Um, there's a beautiful arboretum in um, Brussels and uh, with really um, old trees. And it's just marvelous to see how this diversity comes together. Um, it's really in, in all seasons, very beautiful. I can only recommend if you're coming to Brussels. Oh, it's so wonderful to feel the trees, right? And walk in nature. Great. What comes to mind for me is um, Lake Geneva is around the corner here. And I love walking alongside the lake because you have the view on the mountains on the other side in France. And it's just like very refreshing to combine the water and the mountains. And that's wonderful. Mm. So we want to talk about sustainable and regenerative leadership today. What brought you to that work on sustainability? Yeah, thanks, Nicole, for that question. Um, I have been, I think I can say that I've probably been um, yeah, influenced by my history, my personal history um, to go into this field. Um, Uh, I guess the experience of having grown up in Germany um, as a son of uh, French-Romanian parents um, made me also realize differences in uh, in perspectives in uh, whether it is from Romania the heritage of uh, of communism and then the complete shift towards a, a very um, yeah consumeristic society in the end and then also. Uh, in France, this kind of, um, um, my mother is from northern France, this um, industrial transformation with a lot of, um, yeah, with a lot of poverty, with a lot of voters for Front National, for the far right today. Um, so, um, and, and at the same time, this disconnection from the land that has become very industrialized. So I think I, one part of the answer would be from my, my personal history. Um, but of course, this is something I would uh, have probably realized later in life. Um, and um, I had to, to discover also 
um, yeah, myself about how I'm actually contributing to the trends we're talking about, whether it is, um, yeah, everyday uh, consumption habits like um, uh, getting um, food in, wrapped in plastic or taking the plane, um, etc. And I think that's all decisions that we take every day um, that are important. And if we really want to, to make a change, I think it's also um, yeah, walking the talk and being a bit more coherent in what we're what we're saying, and and I think that connects to the that, to the main challenge we have in sustainability today, which is also this uh, incoherence between words and action. So I I, I realized it actually painfully myself um, when I when I felt uh, not so aligned to my my values that connect me, let's say, to social justice or um, to the to environment, how do we treat nature? So I had also in my professional path, I had to, to question um, um, how, I, um, how I live my values and how I live um, um, this, uh, the relationship to, to communities, to nature, um, et cetera. And, um, so, and, and I think it's, it's a big internal work. And I think um, there were moments in my life probably where I would say I, I kind of realized things that, that brought me to dive deeper into sustainability. And one of the things, since I am um, have a background in political sciences, um, in public affairs and lobbying, um, uh, is uh, also, of course, um, yeah, how we're um, um, engaging with, uh, with uh, decisions, how, um, yeah, I mean, the, all the role of spinning and framing, etc. So it's also kind of how do we, uh, what is our, our mindset, our worldview on, on contemporary issues, and to question my own one, right, uh, with regards to this. Um, and, uh, yeah, discovering how I can make an impact through public affairs, through uh, communications, through leadership development um, um, that I do, um, yeah, with uh, CC European managers, and now more recently also with a perspectivist on regenerative communications. How can you, as you said in the beginning, um, move to a more living systems view um, on uh, communications and really being kind of a, a spark for hope, um, creating islands of hope, how I like to call it, um, and um, really have a narrative that is life-affirming and not as destructive as what we can see today. Um, uh, and I think um, it's ever more obvious um, how, um, yeah, actually destructive um, the current uh, patter economic patterns uh, have become, if we think about the Arctic, of course, um, about, uh, yeah, the forests burning, um, uh, our, the, the Rhine River where I grew up was almost dried out and the hunger stones, you could see the hunger stones. Um, uh, so that's uh, that were really wake up, wake up moments or uh, Chernobyl were just a few years before I was born happened. Yeah, I think uh, there were some moments um, that we share in our um, um, in our common experience today um, uh, about yeah modern facts uh, if we want to call them like this modern um, happenings um, um, that should make us think and and question how we um, how we think in terms of business how we think in terms of our economic model um, how we relate to nature what is what is the respect we pay to nature and I think there's yeah, there's a, there's a huge gap, and, and and I have been researching how how to overcome this gap without being able to say clearly that's the one solution because I think it's much more ecosystemic than than pointing it down to one single factor. Yes, definitely. Um, there's there's obviously what we can see like a big shift, right? And how and how also now we perceive organizations and 
how we perceive leadership um, during the last years. And you have just been also mentioning the word and the notion leadership gap. Uh, you have come up with this. Um, what do you mean by that? Could you enlarge a little bit on that one? Yeah, we have actually um, called it a leadership gap after we found there was really um, between what we're saying we want to achieve on sustainability and what is actually happening, um, that there is a big gap. And um, uh, we have, we know, for example, the circularity gap. Uh, there was just the circularity gap report being published, for example. Um, but one of the aspects when we started working with uh, CEC European managers on um, sustainability and actually in a more wider sense on leadership development, we found that really leadership is the underlooked dimension of um, the transition that talks about transitioning organization to to more well-being, to uh, sustained performance that is not uh, subject to uh, yeah, a lot of shocks, whether internals or externals. Um, uh, etc. Um, and um, so we commissioned a study in 2020 uh, within an EU project on sustainable leadership um, to understand this gap. Why has there not been change, although we know for 50 years uh, that it can, uh, since the limit to growth um, has been published, why did nothing happen? And we wanted to understand the role of leadership and um, yeah, we're kind of confirmed um, that that there was an issue with this with this gap between ambitions and reality and the role that leadership plays in um, in in bridging that gap. So we found um, we asked 1,500 managers across the EU um, what their um, level of knowledge, what their level of competence, um, what kind of behaviors and also values they have um, with regards to sustainability. Um, and we found that, uh, yeah, a big majority uh, wants their organizations to be sustainable. Uh, but at the same time, there is really, um, uh, uh, there are issues with competences. Um, there's very low ability of uh, thinking in terms of complex systems or so systems thinking. Although we're in a, yeah, in a complex world, in, an, uh, in a VUCA world, right, um, that we have been talking about for, for quite a while. So, um, yeah, this complexity management um, uh, has also been and sustainable values. Um, uh, and at the same time, the managers have more sustainable values than their companies. So they, I think there is this, there's also a gap between the leaders and their personal convictions and what the organization is actually practicing, right? So I think that's also, that's the gap of courage in the end, I think we can really call it like that. So to, to stand up for your personal values, and connect to to what you believe in, whether it's ecological or a social issue or even economic issue, because you're interested in sustaining, um, yeah, the economic perspective of your companies, which then links uh, to your customers and uh, workers, etc. So it's uh, obviously um, uh, so. This is a demonstration of this uh, systemic approach uh, that we need much more. Definitely. And I really like the, the thought, like you, you have those two gaps, right? You have the, the gap of what we think and what we say and then what we do on an individual level, on a leadership level. And then we have that, have that gap between what leaders want to see in sustainability, want to see change and then what organizations actually do. Um, so from a systemic perspective, if we look at organizations systemically, there seems 
a lot of work in order to create a space where leaders can can act, right? Um, so that so that that's an interesting finding you have with with that study. Um, so what about the sustainable leadership? If you think about what does it mean to you, what are some characteristics of this? I think, yeah, I think there's a probably a new responsibility of being a leader today. Um, we're acting much faster moving environments. Um, we're seeing um, trends that are emerging that will um, impact uh, all kinds of organizations and businesses um, massively. I mean, obviously, uh, climate change, uh, social inequality, um, uh, geopolitics, um, and these all translate into really into problems of uh, supply chains, um, into uh, the sustainability of your business model, uh, if it can actually withstand all these challenges. Um, and I think um, uh, the leader uh, today or leaders today need to navigate this complexity and, um, uh, and seize in a more system with a more systemic understanding also opportunities that emerge from these these trends that we cannot ignore um, like we have been doing for so long so i think the first thing is to um yeah to speak the truth uh, and and just accept uh, these trends this reality instead of being in denial and um uh, and what we see also often today is just shying away from responsibility and taking action in taking um uh, in 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 daring to um uh, to make uh, uh, yeah innovation uh, to to create innovation uh, in line with what people need with what um your business needs uh, in the future um with what um uh, the, the also market developments um and investors uh, preferences um customer preferences we see it a lot there's a lot changing and um and there's a lot of demand demand for purposeful, for sustainable, for regenerative um, approaches, products, um, um, etc. And I think leaders um, have a great role to play for this. Um, and uh, I think it's um, they they are they can be really uh, leveraging change um, and um, by creating also alliances with other leaders that if you or if you're in a company, you make um, yeah, you create your networks uh, with which you can then transform your organization and transform the larger stakeholder ecosystems you're working in. Um, and but I think in what is crucial and what we don't find so much is this inner work. Um, I think of leadership um, also to to have this awareness. Who, how do I show up towards my workers? How what how do I see the role of the organization? in society in nature and this is something we for example that's why we put purpose also first in our sustainable leadership model because we say the purpose is what connects your beliefs your values etc to your um to your ecosystem to your organization and i think um, i think that's what people are looking for for more alignment for more purpose and being able to express their passion in what they're doing um, because they believe in what uh, what they're doing. They have maybe have a, a dream, a vision of, of a, a better future. Uh, maybe just to give you an, an example on what I mean with um, with purpose, um, there was this, um, maybe uh, some of you know it, but there is this company um, called Grundfos in um, uh, Denmark. Um, they are producing water pumps uh, and their purpose has changed over the years. Um, and now it's uh, one of the most attractive employers in Denmark and in Europe, actually, um, because they have shifted their purpose. They realized something. And uh, first, their purpose was, let's say, more traditional. Um, 
they said, we want to uh, create high quality water pumps. Is that sexy? It's not not even sexy. And it's not, uh, <laughs> I think uh, it doesn't, I wouldn't like to work for such a company. And now they're saying they want to um, provide um, clean water to millions of people worldwide. How yeah. does that sound? How, how does it connect to your heart, to your vision for the future, to your uh, purpose at work? I think it's very powerful. And, and, that's, that's a, and I think that's a leadership challenge to crystallize that. Yeah, definitely. And what I find interesting from what you describe, it, it's about a positive leadership model, right? It's, it's about opening. It's about trying to connect, to create alliances, to connect with all stakeholders, and to find alliances outside and also inside the, the organization as a leader. It's about the personal purpose, but it's also about the purpose of the organization and how my personal purpose as a leader kind of links to that or maybe clashes to it. And then there's a tension, right? And what to do mm. about it. And also your thought on, on inner work, right? And, thinking about CREU from Otto Sharma and, and others that are trying to do that inner work or from the uh, IDGs, trying to link IDGs with SDGs. Um, so those are um, different elements that, that you named that I find very, very important and very helpful when we think about uh, sustainable leadership. When you think about that model, is there anything else that comes to your mind? Thanks, uh, Nicole. Yes, I think, um, uh, as you mentioned, um, it's probably important to have a positive vision of leadership. Uh, I completely agree. I don't think we will go far if we remain in a kind of um, either in a mindset, oh, it's everything is going uh, worse and worse. Uh, there's nothing we can do. Um, um, there's also kind of removing your agency in the end uh, to be the master of your own life. And, uh, and also, of course, also for organizations that we can shape the future of our organization. Yes, we have that power. Uh, and I think to step in this um, in this passion and courage and and yeah, kind of and live and dream that you can uh, develop for your um, organization. Um, and maybe one one thing that is, uh, I think, for for having this positive outlook, and um, that's something, for example, theory you. Um, uh, is doing is they say also um, to go that path, a journey towards the future you envision as an organization is also letting go of patterns that don't no longer serve you. Um, so that's uh, why, for example, in theory, you they work with first letting go things um, uh, that we don't need anymore. For, so, for example, um, that can mean to have some something like a yeah control and command kind of leadership. Um, where um, you see yourself as a, a leader that knows all the answers. Um, I think uh, uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, leadership examples uh, today that show that it doesn't work at all. I mean, uh, um, uh, Elon Musk is a very good example, um, and there are so many others, but uh, uh, they leave a lot of problems to their organizations because uh, they think they have all the answers. Um, so I think uh, it's very, as I said also earlier, I think there are a lot of obvious examples today about what good and le bad leadership is today. And maybe uh, I think also to trust a little bit more ourselves and uh, trust uh, our organizations and the, the, the people in the organizations, because I think in the end, we all have the solution, but we maybe don't see it yet. And I think to just allow for these solutions to emerge, 
hosting conversations that matter. I, I love the work of Michelle Holiday, for example, uh, on the work of thrivability. And she talks about having conversations that matter, daring to have conversations about, uh, about things that are important. Let's say, um, for example, about, um, yeah, about your purpose. We, we talked about the purpose or what brings you passion in what you're doing at an organization. And then you can build on these strengths and, and make it grow. And, uh, and maybe uh, it will, um, uh, inspire really a, a more deeper business model change, for example. But uh, I think it's it's the first step to have these conversations, also with yourself, obviously, like reflecting okay, what is uh, what is my role, what is my passion, what is my purpose, and then you can um, when when you're going closer to it, you can also bring people on board. You will create a followership if you can ignite the fire, so to say, in others, um, and this can then take really uh, own dynamics, um, uh, I think, in organizations, if, 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 you, if you dare do that, and, and if we dare do that in, uh, as teams as well. Yeah, definitely. I, f I find that very interesting, your thought on, on letting go. If I think about the letting go in the transformational work that I do, there is, um, I work a lot with um, liberating structures, and uh, some of those structures are also about letting go, especially when we do processes of transformation, of innovation, um, in order to first kind of let go maybe inner blockages, but also letting go of old things, mourning that there's uh, something going to change, right? To say goodbye to the old one and, and to welcome the new one. And I think that that letting go is, um, is, is something so crucial and something to... Um, to look and use a lot more in, in organizations in order to help us to transform and, and to change, to, to create that, to create that ground, to create that opening. Um, I find very interesting that, that you mentioned, um, that you mentioned that. Absolutely. And Maybe to, if I can just please, add. Please, yeah. To this. Yeah, please. Because I think there is a, a, what you say to, to, um, kind of make place for that too. Um, I think uh, there's a big power of um, uh, having, for example, rituals um, and aligning uh, the work rhythms a bit more to um, uh, to the different phases that you have. I think there are phases for um, uh, different things across the year, um, uh, for more creative things, for really being in action and putting things uh, into being, but there is also space, and I think that's important that uh, we learn that as well. Is uh, spaces for for dreaming, spaces for self reflection, uh, especially now in winter. I mean, we're all tired, but we're asked to uh, perform, perform, perform. Getting ever more tired, we have burnout and stress rates like crazy right now. Um, I mean, uh, it's uh, surveys, uh, Eurofound uh, studies showing that, and um, uh, so trustable sources. So, and and within this context uh, of uh, really. Uh, toxic workplaces often high levels of stress burnout um, uh, i think we need to to make space to uh, uh, for questioning how we um how we're going about change uh, and about our um life uh, in in workplaces um so there's i think there's this questioning to do and there's a really potential of of um aligning ourselves to different rhythms and cycles of working um uh, value creation cycles um etc and there we can learn a lot from from nature um, and I really love the the work of uh, Laura Storm and Giles Hutchins on regenerative leadership um, which is really a great way also to practice your leadership and to um, grow personally as well I can really recommend um, actually the book and the course as well that they're 
offering. Yes, definitely. And uh, that's that's also a book that I ideally love and that I work loads with. And uh, so you, you've mentioned the buzzword regenerative leadership, and there's much more profoundness behind. And maybe let us elaborate a little bit about what regenerative leadership is about for you. That's a wide question. I think it for me, yeah. um, it's yeah, it's a deep question. I think it's it's quite many things. I think it is rooted in an observation um, that um, the current way of going about um, answering challenges, um, kind of offering solutions to the problems um, that we see, that this kind of mindset of problem solution is a bit binary and in the end that we were solving problems that create the, the solution create new problems and I, I think we're in a phase of acceleration of that dynamic right now that's why there's the systemic um, uh, stress factors uh, that we see today um, and I think uh, uh, what is actually in danger right now is modern uh, human civilization the, the science is very clear about it now we can take a choice uh, of denying that Uh, we can take a choice of doing incremental small changes like CSR or ESG. We can try to minimize our uh, uh, bad impact and come to net zero, um, I mean, emissions, but also many other things, uh, biodiversity, uh, social impact, uh, how you treat your workers, etc. So it's not just climate, obviously, sustainability is much larger. But I think that's very important that we come to to doing no harm. But I think there's also more than just doing no harm. And I think then we're entering this kind of um, positive impact uh, up to regenerative dynamic, which means really activating our potential for uh, systemic well-being, designing for health, designing for uh, thrivability, designing for um, yeah our our long-term success, and putting um, putting in place, uh, being much more um, aware also about the place uh, that we're actually anchoring our, our action in. So, so I would say there's a, there's a, and that's what um, also um, Laura Storm and Giles Hutchins says, um, to do that, we need um, uh, the inner dimension of leadership, the outer dimension and the systemic um, dimension of leadership. Um, and um, yeah, they're speaking about the regenerative leadership DNA, um, Uh, which has um, yeah some qualities that we have to incorporate as leaders. And uh, I mentioned uh, coherence earlier. I think um, that's something we don't see very often. So it's also a way of really making a difference, but also the role of um, of silence. And how often do we have yeah silence? You know how powerful a meeting can be if you just have three minutes of silence in the beginning of your meetings. It's transformative because we're always bombarded with information. Our heads are full. And if you just allow three minutes of silence, it, it rewires the brain. And that's what it does. And that's what neuroscientific um, research is also showing. So um, and if we understand that, how we are actually working as as humans, as um, biological systems that are linked. We have a microbiome um, in our gut that is influencing um, largely our moods, uh, our emotional states, etc. And, and I think we have not paid attention to that or also how the, the food then influences that microbiome. 
but also many other things. So we are really, we are ecosystems, we're nested ecosystems, we're part of greater wholes um, and we're contributing to the greater wholes. And if we, we cultivating that as if we were gardeners, cultivating our ecosystem, cultivating the organizations, uh, the fertile conditions for the organizations to flourish, for the people in the organizations to flourish, um, then we achieve uh, many things. And I think, and uh, I could talk now about these uh, fertile conditions, um, but I think that's also for every leader to identify what are the fertile conditions for us to um, to thrive uh, as an organization, to be innovative, to be creative, yeah, to be inventive and create bigger solutions and um, work with people who can help to do uh, help us to do that. Kind of activate um, uh, feedback loops, positive feedback loops um, that will help. Um, uh, you, your community, and nature um, uh, as well, like local and uh, bioregional um, ecosystems that that can also be part of your value chain. So uh, in the end, in nature, there is no waste. Um, so how can we um, embrace these design principles of nature for our value creation, for our organizations, for our internal world? How can we make use of that intelligence that has been around for 3.8 billion years? That's quite a long time. Yeah. Nature is still <laughs> Definitely. there. Many, uh, many organizations are not, right? They're, they're dying out. <laughs> and if you don't change, if you're negating the principle that life always changes, um, then you will die. And that's, uh, that's just a fact. And many um, yeah, yeah. don't like that, but that's, uh, that's how, uh, how it is. Huh? And many organizations will die because they, they're not moving, especially large, uh, large organizations that have become uh, very slow and unresponsive to the changes that we, the trends that we see. That was a very rich reflection on regenerative leadership that you just had. And let me, let me take out some of the, the elements that, that, that I found very interesting. So first to think about uh, regenerative leadership as a systemic change, right? And as a, as a system that we're embedded um, in a system of teams, in a, in a system of organization, that the organization has a relation to other organizations, um, that there's like a ponarchy, right? And um, that also uh, there's a constantly communication between the organization and, and the stakeholders. Um, so I think that's very important to think that we're immersed, that we're embedded. Um, that, that thought um, just uh, came to my mind. And also the way uh, you evolved, like the elements of, of regenerative leadership to really think that we are interconnected and not separate. Um, and um, to, to also think that... Um, it's about an organization that is living, right? It's not a machine. It's about learning and it's about adaptive systems. So when you reflected about large companies not being adaptive anymore and maybe dying out because of that, I think that's that's a very important food for thought here um, that you laid out. What I also um, heard and um, what I like a lot about thinking about regenerative leadership is to really... Don't think about that negative impact on life um, or doing less bad, but really like enlarging that, right? And trying to to seize the opportunity to constructively contribute to life's evolution, to to really um, create more value than they can take as an as an organization, but also you as a as a leader, right? So 
that, that I found very interesting. And let me add one more aspect, um, before I, I, um, pin it back to you. Um, there is that, that movement of impact DAOs out there, um, that are, uh, that we will also talk about in the, in the next episode on, on this podcast, uh, with the wonderful Jeremy Akers. And, um, there is one impact DAO that's called Regions Unite. And it's a subgroup of the All for Climate DAO. And it's a way to try to connect and relate um, with different communities and to find regenerative solutions. So they're reaching out to tech people, to environmental practitioners, to artists, to researchers, to a whole bunch of different folks that come together and that really find meaningful solutions. And that really also address this as a complex problem, right? And maybe sometimes I have the impression, and you've also talked about this. <clears throat> so when we think about the Kinefin model, um, we're trying to solve complex problems with problem-solving skills from simple problems or from complicated problems. But really, if we think sustainability, if we think regeneration, we are in the mode of complex problem solving. So we are in the mode of testing, <laughs> sequencing, adapting, right? So, so that's so interesting that um, as a leader and as an organization, how can we rethink how we address challenges? To continue your reflection, um, Nicole, I think um, there are probably two um, ways that I would see now to respond to these complex and uh, which some call wicked problems, right? Because there, yeah. are, there are so many system dynamics that you cannot control. And you mentioned um, the machine kind of mindset. Um, and I think that's really where we come from and uh, we, which is still very dominant. Um, I mean, Newton um, uh, spoke about, uh, yeah, absolute laws of nature that uh, with gravity, and and he was actually proving proved wrong but uh, his thinking um about the universe and uh, also us as humans is still there and um we also um yeah others other people from his era like adam smith uh, who shaped fundamentally how we're still thinking today about economics as uh, being a homo economicus and uh, yeah interest based utilitarian um, rational choice, uh, etc., kind of human beings. And if uh, this is the way we think about humans, then this will also, uh, of, of course, impact uh, our choices, how we design systems uh, around humans. That's why we have cities um, uh, that are thought of as a machine, that are also made for cars, that are made for uh, yeah, in squares, uh, new cities are made like squares, but we are not machines. We're not, uh, you cannot put right. us in a square. If you put us in a square, we, we're going to be miserable. And uh, that's just, uh, <laughs> uh, we cannot apply this machine logic to humans. And that's why I think it's, it's also a big reason why so many people are depressed, uh, stressed, uh, etc. because uh, these systems are, um, are made to function. And if we're just in this functioning mode, we quickly go into the survival mode because it's not natural. It is uh, against everything we know about psychology, about learning science, about um, uh, biology, about medicine. It is, uh, it is just not working and uh, this machine mindset. And if you then, instead of doing this uh, machine uh, mindset uh, problem response, uh, linear thinking, if you go into dive into complexity, 
you you use much more than just um, uh, conceptualizing about things. You will use you will have uh, used your your intelligences, different intelligences, your cognitive intelligence, your social intelligence, your natural intelligence, your creative intelligence, um, and you will sense into the system you're in. What will yeah. you? What will you sense? What will you um, identify? Where is the leverage point that uh, or leverage point is not such a nice word because um, uh, it's it's still this leveraging and we kind of uh, like as if it's yeah. a machine, but it is if you manage to reach the, the hearts of people, inspire a dream, etc. It can have so many ripple effects um, or if you um, yeah, kind of create new places for people to meet um, and it's just too or create communities for of change, uh, communities of practice. You can transform your organization. You can create, uh, transform whole habitats. You can you can do so much. But it's really a change of mindset and practice, and being really mindful about the place we're coming from. If we're thinking in terms always of problem response, um, or if we consider, okay, um, there's a problem with, uh, for example, with a coworker. And you just see the problem, but if you if you're developing your empathy and if you start to listen, you will understand where that per person comes from and why the person is right. growing up as it is. So it's also really listening, listening to the other person, listening to what the needs of your team are, listening what the needs of your ecosystems are. So I think it's really a yeah very important qualities right for a leader. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a very different. I think then always being, oh, I have to act, I have to say something. No, it's also important to listen and to, to listen, yeah. sit back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very important point. Let me bridge this to come um, to from the listening to the communication. Um, you're up with something new. So tell me a little bit more about what you will do with the perspectivist. Thanks, Nicole. So um, I've been uh, working on developing Perspectivist. It's an agency for regenerative communications. Uh, and I think communications today is really, um, we need to rethink communications. And I think there's a big danger right now. Um, and sorry to use the language, but um, I, I really think that we're we're kind of bullshitting ourselves into extinction with all these um, this uh, incoherence. We cannot say we're youth sustainability leaders and now massively invest in in fossil fuels, uh, etc. Yeah. I think that becomes really a, a problem for for trust, and that's what we see. We have really a, 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 a yeah a, a huge distrust in leaders, in organizations, in democracy. Um, uh, true in truth. What is truth? Uh, there's a really lack of truthfulness. Um, we also don't have um, conversation spaces where you really have compassion. Um, and uh, and I think what's also messing in today's world of communications is um, what is actually the dream we have for uh, for another um, society, for for a different communities, for changing places. Um, uh, Etc. So I think regenerative communications um, uh, is really today, yeah, uh, dreaming up a new story that is inclusive, that people on board, um, and it's also hosting, yeah, courageous, truthful conversations about why actually have we not been, have we kind of forgotten that we are part of nature for so long? How, why? Yeah. Why, why is that? That's what? very important. Yeah. <laughs> important. Yeah. yeah. And also to give give a face to nature we have been kind of uh, i think uh, there, there was uh, there are moments in history of uh, dictators they're, they're dehumanizing people you, you don't have a face anymore you you, you made a, a kind of of a faceless uh, um, nothing and that's uh, the same i think we're doing right now at industrial scale with nature 
and nature yeah. has no um, has uh, in, in today's economic language na nature has I read it uh, World Economic Forum said 50% of the global economy are dependent on nature and that is bullshitting into extinction because without nature there is no life on this planet uh, and, and I think if we don't change that in the way we talk and that we respect nature when we talk that we respect communities when we talk and not talk about people but with people listen with people and yeah complete paradigm change uh, we have so much greenwashing uh, we have so much uh, uh, outsourcing of responsibility we have this action 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 mindset but action responses to the wrong questions and, uh, yeah. and if you ask the wrong questions we will get the wrong solutions and that's i think what so communications as a way to to question ourselves um, our relating uh, relating to um uh, to our uh, our organizations to our um ecosystems etc and yeah and i'm very happy to launch it and um uh, help organizations uh, accompanying them in telling their story from the heart excellent that sounds like a wonderful project all the best for that um if we if we look at um at this conversation What's the takeaway for you from this conversation today? Yeah, I think my takeaway is to um, that it's really important to have such conversations and uh, to make space um, for asking these questions about uh, how we're leading, how we're working, how we're communicating. And um, I try to be a bit provocative and playful in my approach of doing that. But I think we really need to have these conversations or not have them, but then take a conscious choice uh, of not having them. Uh, as well, I think now we we, we need to um, to rethink um, how we're showing up and uh, what our role in this uh, huge transformation of our organizations um, and uh, economy is today. My my takeaway complements that. I think um, so. What I really dearly love about is opening up to a positive leadership model and um, opening up to to ways how we lead differently and how organizations can be vibrant and resilient and responsive and innovative and diverse and regenerative and that this is not a contradiction to being successful or, or producing good products products and, and services that that's my takeaway for for today if people like to know more about you and your work Where can they find you? They can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Jean-Philippe Steger, um, on the same name as my name. Uh, and you can also um, uh, obviously uh, look at our website, um, perspectivist.net. And then um, there's also the website, uh, sustainableleaders.eu, uh, about sustainable leadership with great materials for leaders that really want to shape uh, the world of work um, of uh, tomorrow and today. Um, with a new leadership mindset uh, and a sustainable, positive uh, outlook that can take people on board. Um, yeah, so a new narrative, a new posture as leader, and I think big portion of, of courage uh, that we all need uh, for these times. Um, and I hope, yeah, that what we did today will be, uh, will be useful for those that listen to our podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Jean-Philippe, for, for joining the show today. If you like what you heard, Tell me about it and let's continue the conversation on LinkedIn. Come back next time and recommend the show to your colleagues and friends.